I'm Patrick Bidi, your host of ITM, and in today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about the 10 enemies of success. Point number one, judging a business based on a great year. A lot of times people will say, Pat, we're blowing up. Did you see what we did last year? Show me your numbers. Well, in 2014, we did $500,000. Then we went to a million, then million one. Then we dropped a little bit, but we went up last year, and we went up to $4 million. We're absolutely killing it. So on the outside, everything looks good. Then you open up the engine, you start looking at the numbers, it's one big sale, or it's one big customer, it's one big account that made them spike up. So I've experienced this with my business. By the way, this also applies to a bad year, or a great year. You can't you know, judge your business based on one bad year, or one great year. My rule is very simple. If you grew 100% this year, and you do that three years in a row of 100%, then you have a legitimate business. If you grew by 100% this year, next year is 10%, the following year is 5%, you never did 100%. It's the rule of three. If you do a number three years in a row, it becomes real. Point number two, building your business based on quick fix campaigns rather than strong principles. There are a lot of businesses that are like, we got a new sale going on, we got a sale going on, we got a sale going on. It's always built on a sale. This product is normally $19,999. But in the next five minutes, just for you, because we like you, even though we've never met you before, only $99. You got to take out your credit card, five minutes, $459, $458. Sign up today, and then you go to another website, you come back, it's the same exact, five minutes, $459. It works with certain people, but that's not a real business to build on. That's not a real philosophy to build on. I suggest building on real business philosophies, which we'll get to here in a minute, that builds you real business regardless of a sale, regardless of a market crash, regardless of a recession, regardless of any of that stuff, because you have the right philosophies in place. We'll get to it here in a minute. Point number three, flattery. Nothing's worse than everybody telling you how amazing you are and you believing it. Oh my gosh, you're so amazing. Oh my gosh, you're a great CEO. Oh my gosh, you're doing great stuff. I have a very simple philosophy when it comes down to flattery. If it's not my wife, who knows all my flaws, she's seen me in my worst places. If it isn't the people that I've been working with for years who know everything about us, if it isn't the people in my immediate family whom I trust, the compliments generally comes from this year leaves here. When you guys say, Pat, you're so amazing, it goes boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. Why? Because you don't know every aspect of my business and my life. But if my board says, I can't believe what's happened with the business, Pat, the last decision we made, that was great, and I think you took the right lead on it, that's compliment that you should take. Everybody telling you this, then what happens, you go home like this. Honey, why do you talk to me like this? Do you know how everybody looks at me? Do you realize who I am? Why do you talk to me like this? Because flattery fooled you into thinking you are God, and you are not God. So flattery hurts all the other relationships around you if you let it get to your head. Number four, isolation. You're growing, and, and you're typically around everybody. Then, then your office gets further and further and further and further away from everybody. Then you no longer come and shake hands and talk to people. Then there is a wall. Your customers, your employees, your salespeople, your vendors, your partners, they no longer talk to you. You're isolated. You're on an island of your own because you're so important. You're so incredible. And then all of a sudden, you are irrelevant because no one knows who you are. And I know a lot of books out there, a lot of books out there that tell you, well, you should do this, you should disappear, you should do that. I say it all the time, but I don't tell you to disappear from your employees. 
from your customers, from your vendors, from your partners. If you're gonna disappear from people, disappear from your critics, disappear from your haters, disappear from your prior friends or family members that said you'll never make it, then show up five years later saying, Merry Christmas. Here's Patrick Gray David 6.0. Here's you 6.0. This is what, what's happened in my life. Without you saying anything, everybody already knows what you've been doing, what you've been doing. But in a business world, isolation can hurt you tremendously. It's a big enemy if you isolate yourself from everybody. Number five, perfection. You got perfection, you got magic. I work with a lot of people. Today we're talking about uh, a, a new leadership principle we're gonna be teaching to a certain group of our guys that they're gonna go take this course. There's four different types of leaders when it comes on to coaching. There's doers, there's talkers, there's controllers, and there's supporters, right? Doers, talkers, controllers, supporters. Okay, perfection. Controllers typically want so much control of everybody, everything because no one can do it as good as them. You know what those that are controllers do? There's so much about perfection that no one around them becomes leaders because no one around them can ever be as good as you because they never give up too much. Everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be flawless. You don't see a lot of leaders being around them. Sometimes if you're a controller, you know your personality, you gotta kinda start empowering and not seeking perfection, just progress, seeing your guys getting better, and then all of a sudden one day you look around and say, oh my gosh, look at the amount of leaders that we built here. Business is grown, company is grown. Perfection is an enemy. Next, not upgrading your philosophy. Sometimes you're going and you're building your business and you think you're doing good, but your numbers actually don't look that good. But you don't, you don't want to sit down and look at the results of your philosophy because it's gonna make you upset. So when you sit back down, this was 2013 for me. We had a year in our business. I sat there in 2013, then I sat there in 2014. One of the metrics, I was only looking at the metrics that was positive. The one metric I didn't want to look at was the most important metric, and that one wasn't good. It was flat. I'm like, hey guys, look over here. And one day I'm like, Pat, when are you going to start being really honest with yourself as a leader? Man, this, this is not, it's not growing the way you think it is growing. This is an important data. Then I put that on the table. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, we're going to talk about that? Yes. The following year, this data grew 150, 200%. Why? Because we finally inspected it. Because when I'm putting the product from here, and it's going through the assembly line, the final product that's coming through is not a great product. It's an average product, it's a mediocre product. But because I'm too afraid of upgrading my philosophy and looking at it, I stay the same and my business never explodes. In order to exponentially grow and have a lot of success for yourself, you need to constantly work on upgrading your success and setting aside your ego because results always tells the truth. Seven, spouse and family. You're at business, you're doing great, you come home, you and your wife, you don't talk about the business, you're not doing good, you guys are fighting, everything is in shambles. But it's okay, I'm still gonna kill it in business. That's not how it works, here's why. If I'm at business, okay, I got three kids, say I'm not doing good with my wife, and we have, we're not in a good place, and it's terrible. We don't talk to each other, I sleep in one room, she sleeps in another room, marriage, this happens. And I come back to work the next day, my mind is not 100% focused. It's 78%. So if your mind, if my mind is 78% and you're at 99%, you're not thinking about your personal life because you got that stuff under control, you have an edge over me because my brain is less focused than yours. So when your brain is more focused, you make better decisions. You're better with people. You're easier to deal with. People are willing to tell you some areas that need to improve as a company because you're willing to take it. At 78%, you're quick, you're short fuse, and people are like, oh my gosh, I just don't wanna to talk to them. And so they leave you on for a week, two weeks, and then all of a sudden the small problem becomes a bigger problem. If this is an issue, you gotta do whatever you can. 
Go read books on parenting. Go read books on marriage. Go read books on personal life. Go read books on everything. I talked to somebody the other day. They were in their mid-50s. Watch this here. This is going to sound strange to you. They're not in my company. They're outside. They come, we talk. Husband and wife are sitting there. And they say, Pat, we simply want to talk to you because we need some counsel on growing our business. I said, before we talk about the business, how are you guys doing? Oh, we don't need to talk about that. We are strictly here for business. And I said, I get it, but how are you guys doing? It's Pat, it's not that important. Listen, I'm going to ask you one more time. How are you guys doing? Then all of a sudden, he says, why don't you go? So no, you go. No, no, you go. You know what finally happened? Let me tell you how weird this was, okay? But I've experienced hundreds of meetings, I, honestly, thousands of meetings like this when I'm sitting with people in these kinds of cases. She says to me, Pat, we haven't had sex for six months. I said, how long? Six months. I, I said, six months, yes. Why not? Well, it's just, you know, it's just, we can't get along anymore. I said, are you having a hard time with it? No, 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 that's not the problem. We're just not having sex at all. I said, what, what, do you realize one of the most healthiest thing you can do for your marriage is to have sex? It's like all the medicine, drinking green juice or tofu and all this nonsense, none of that comes close to as good sex is for marriage, husband and wife having sex. It's the best Tylenol, the best Advil, the best pain reliever, the best Prozac, the best whatever medicine you're taking is you and your wife having sex. And so we start talking about it, why not? And so the real truth came out. I'm not gonna tell you what it was, it's a little bit awkward, but we addressed it. You know what happened three months later? Every possible record in their business, they broke. And they went six months without sex. Mid 50s, late 50s. He didn't have a pre, he didn't, he didn't need like a Viagra issue. Just that we're not having sex. They did it, they sat down, both egos, they squirted away. Then it grew and it exploded, not by a little bit, it went like this. So once we addressed this, then we talked about business and everything started getting better. Number eight, compromising non-negotiables for short-term gain. When I'm starting my business, initially, a big bank came up to me and they were telling me, Pat, if you introduce this product, none of your people need to know. On the side, we'll pay you $100,000 a month, okay? I said, what do you mean? He says, they don't need to know we're doing this for you, but on the side, we'll pay you $100,000 a month. And I said, look, it's just not part of my principles. He says, but you mean to tell me you're saying $1.2 million, you're saying no to $1.2 million of just being given to you? No one's gonna ever know. We're giving it to you per year, $100,000 per month. I said, listen, here's what you gotta realize. The biggest thing for me, if you do business with me, is my principles that are non-negotiables. I did it with certain things. I said, I'm not gonna get married unless of these three things. I've said compromise, I'm not doing it. Friendship, business, association, e investment, everything has three non-negotiables. I did a video on this a couple weeks ago. Then the guy says, you're seriously gonna say no? The other guy said yes. The other guy said yes, this guy said yes. I said, that's the difference. They're trying to make a million dollars a year. I'm not trying to make a million dollars a year. This is America. There is no limit on how much money you can make. Anybody can make money in America. If a million dollars is a lot to that guy, you're talking to the wrong guy, because this guy's not driven by just a million dollars. Oh, ha, 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 look at this, Patrick. Why do you talk such a big language? I said, I'll let you know in 10 years. They left, we exploded. The other guys are out of business because they chased a commission on the side. Everybody found out nobody trusted them anymore. Why? Short-term gain. You will be tempted many, many times. Don't compromise your non-negotiables. Number nine, poor health. You don't take care of your health. What happens? It affects you here. It affects stamina. It affects everything. Health is very, very critical. Myself, anybody I've seen, anyone I work with, if there's ever been a certain level of losing momentum, 
it's had to do with this. And we're aging, certain things you don't have any control over. But it's very critical for you to pay attention to because there is enemy of success has to do with health. You can, you can no longer just say, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just cheesecake. I'm just 280 pounds, it's not a big deal. People, a lot of people become rich and they're overweight and all this other stuff. All of those are lame excuses. Pay attention to this. And last but not least, speaking the same language to everybody. I don't speak to my seven-year-old the same way I speak to my five-year-old, the same way I speak to my three-year-old. It's all different languages. I speak a different language to my nanny than to my wife, than to my father, than to my employees, than to my directors, than to my executives, than to my vice presidents, than to carriers, than to investors, than to my board, than to enemies, than to media, than to family, than to friends, than to strangers. All the languages, it's not the same language. Now, this doesn't mean that I'm a different person here than I am here, and I'm acting all the time. No, the language is a different language. Maybe in this language, it's a technical language, I'm gonna take my technical language to a higher level because everybody in that room is talking technical language. Maybe in this community, I'm talking to a lower level. I'm gonna speak at this language. Maybe in this over here is more relationship. You're talking, you know, with things that matter to them. It's not necessarily you're talking to a community that wants to know about numbers. I'm talking relation. Today, I just did a big conversation with somebody. It's, it's, it's gonna be a massive, massive deal. I'm not talking a $5 million deal. It's a massive deal I'm talking to these guys. And the conversation went from husband to wife to all of a sudden we went a complete different direction, you know, and, and the conversation was, you know, they're based out of West Coast, big business people, complete different direction we went on the conversation. What happened all of a sudden? We talked personal life, not here's how much business we do, this is what we scale, this is what we do. If you speak the same language to every audience, you're gonna lose people. So it's an enemy. When you feel like you can talk to your employees, your sales, your executive, your investors, all the same. You have to take a moment back and say, who's my audience? Boom, let me pivot and adjust. This is the language I speak to them, okay? And you don't tell your three-year-old to learn calculus formulas or pre-calculus, you understand what I'm saying? That's the adjustment, it's basic, but sometimes we all forget about it. What is the language I need to speak in this meeting? Da, 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 what do they want? Perfect, here's what we're doing, okay? So those are 10 enemies. Now obviously there's a lot more enemies. These are 10 of the enemies that's gonna be an enemy of success for you as an entrepreneur. Thanks everybody for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five star, write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bidavid. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care everybody, bye-bye.